Super Talk Mississippi media production. Russ ain't answering the phone. Ten seconds, guy. Really? No. All right, stand by. Let's just keep trying him. Let's blow him up. Well, pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Thanksgiving Eve. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Full crew, Bob, Kelly, and Dalton at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson at the First Bank Studio in Laurel. And we're glad you're with us as you get ready for your Thanksgiving weekend uh, with the people you love. We hope it is a good one. Opening segment is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of this show and guys that we like an awful lot. They're doing a holiday catering. Obviously, Thanksgiving is on us, but uh, Christmas is just three and a half weeks away, believe it or not. And uh, Dickies would be happy to barbecue and uh, cater your event for you. They can uh, sell you an individual turkey or ham, or they can do the entire feast. All you need to do is pick up the phone, let Dickies do the cooking. Okay, uh, Patrick McGee is going to be joining us here in a bit from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. We were scheduled... We were scheduled to talk to Russ Anderson, Associate Commissioner of Conference USA, but we are unable uh, to locate him. Luke Johnson, uh, we were going to talk to Russ about the uh, controversy that arose over the uh, tie-breaking rule. And you got a you got a text message last night that was distributed by Jeremy McClain. Can you share with our listeners what the AD said about this situation? Yeah, so yesterday I, t- I told you we reached out to uh, to Russ Anderson on behalf on, from the Eagle Hour and tried to get uh, just the, the the conference's response from it. And so what we learned was in the email he emailed me back after we got off air. And what Russ said was on Monday our athletic directors clarified the two team or multiple team tie for divisional champion by adding highest average ranking computer ranking followed highest CFP ranking. Let me just unpack this for a minute. Basically. The Eagles were set to go to the championship game if everyone won or everyone lost based off the eighth tiebreaker, which said the last team uh, to appear in the or the, the team who hasn't appeared in the conference championship game uh, in the longest uh, time period uh, would go. So to get to that, the seventh tiebreaker was the highest ranked team in the college football playoff ranking. Well, that ranking only goes to the top 25. So what what they said was Monday. Uh, apparently there was a vote among athletic directors to include or to add to that seventh tiebreaker. In the case that none of the the teams are in the the CFP ranking, they would take six poles of power ranking, add those together, and the highest rank would do that. Russ went on to say this mirrors the policy to determine the host uh, for the championship game and enforces the intent that competitive results determine the outcome. So what we learned in that email was that something got added, and it was added by the athletic directors. Well, that would make sense when Patrick told us yesterday that between 8 and 9 p.m. on Monday night, something changed. So um, I reached out to a few buddies, and uh, and Mr. McLean had uh, sent out a, a press release, and it became public uh, today or, or late last night, and this is what Jeremy McLean said. I was made aware of concerns 
regarding the CUSA division tiebreaker on Monday. While the adjustments are well-intentioned and reasonable, I express serious concerns over the timing of the changes on our conference call, and we were outvoted by the league's membership. Our focus is now on moving forward and supporting our football student-athletes in a big game on Saturday. So apparently on Monday afternoon, there was a conference call that took place between the athletic directors within Conference USA, and at that time, Jeremy McLean said... I can understand the the intentions of this, but he had serious concerns about the timing of it, and who wouldn't? He says he was outvoted, which tells you that it was not a unanimous vote. It was a majority vote, and they added a change, added a clause into the seventh tiebreaker, and now the Eagles are on the outside looking in. Well, I think in retrospect, that's probably the right way to, to do the tiebreaker, but obviously, Kelly Sander, the issue is that you should have stuck to what you did at the start of the year, and if you wanted to make that change going into next year, fine. Probably the best change to make. I didn't think the idea of who hadn't been in the conference championship game the longest was a great way to decide that. But the way that it was handled was poor. You have baseball offseason meeting. The winter meetings are coming up in, in, a, in a week or two. Uh, this is when baseball reexamines its rules, looks at video, video replay, all those sorts of things that they want to tinker with. Then they implement the rules for the upcoming season. Like it or not, that's the way it's going to be. The National Football League does the same, does thing. The same thing. In the offseason, they, you know, they're going to be tinkering with video instant replay and all these sorts of things. I don't think anybody has any problem with a rule change. But what Jeremy McLean said, I don't know how anyone who has ever had an athletic background could not agree with Jeremy McLean that it's not the rule change we have a problem with. It's when the rule change was implemented. Change whatever you want to change, but change it for the 2021 academic year. Not, not, not going into effect right away. It stinks to high heaven. It's not the way any professional organization would run. When the public schools decided they were going to go to a dress code, they let parents know six to eight months in advance. All right, next year, this is what we're going to do. They gave people plenty of notice so that you could make whatever changes so that there would be no surprises. The only question I have, and Luke, maybe you can clarify this for me. Do we know for sure it was athletic directors that voted or was it university presidents that voted? Do we know? It was athletic directors, yeah, because in the, the email from Russ Anderson, it specifically says, on Monday, our athletic directors clarified. So it would had to have been, and then you put what, what, with what Mr. McLean said, that he was outvoted. So you would assume that it was the athletic directors who, who voted on that. Now that's taking what Russ says and what Jeremy McLean says and putting them together. I just, I, I am shocked that athletic directors would think that that is an equitable way to do business. Here's, here's the bigger question, guys. Who raised the issue? That's a, that was because my here's the thing. Here's the thing. On Sunday, we're good. According to Patrick McGee at 134, Russ Anderson affirms that the, the eighth tiebreaker is still in place. So somebody and they had to raise a lot of cane because if the change went place on the website between eight and nine, and you're good at 130 in a six hour span. You get all of the athletic directors on a, an emergency conference call, and they basically force a vote. I mean, they don't have time to review this. They don't have time to discuss this. 
they press a vote, and it's not a unanimous vote. And so that that's the bigger question. I wonder, you know, will they release the vote? I wonder, will they let us know who voted for it and voted and didn't vote? You know, was McLean by himself? I, I was reading, you know, there was some Marshall people talking about it, and they said regardless of whether it benefits you or not, it's a pretty scary precedent simply because at any point if somebody doesn't like what where the situation they're in, you can, you know, press people and you can vote on something and change it at will. It's, it's pretty scary. So the bottom line here is that the conference has to take some responsibility and culpability in this act because they allowed it to happen. I'm sure there are a lot of people in the NFL, whether you like Roger Goodell or not, that's not what we're debating. I'm sure there are lots of teams that would like to debate certain teams. The fact of the matter is these are the rules. These were the rules going into the season, and these will be the rules until the end of the season. You cannot let the inmates run the prison. And that's the way it looks in this scenario to me. Again, you want to change the rule, fine, but we will change it for next academic year, not now. I just, I can't believe, and your point about it being a very ugly precedent, Luke, is well taken because, okay, they got away with this. What if next week they they come up with something else that we're going to change? The the handbook would have to be rewritten about every week. Here's the issue. So... As a, as a Southern Miss, former Southern Miss football player, there's no excuse that we're in this situation. We should have beat La Tech. We should have beat Western Kentucky. That's not my issue. I'm not mad that we can't possibly appear in the championship game because of this nonsense. What I'm saying is we're in a dirtbag league right now. We are. When you can pull this kind of junk and when there's no transparency whatsoever, just because somebody knows somebody a little better and Jeremy McClain gets stuck in a tight spot – and athletic directors get tucking tucking in a tight spot because you don't like the, your situation or what your program's in, and you can change it on a whim like that. It speaks to the sad state of Conference USA, and it speaks why Jeremy McLean should be on the phone in the next few months and saying, "Who wants the Eagles?" Because we don't want Conference USA anymore. All right, let me point out that uh, we reached out. Uh, Jack uh, Duggan told me last night uh, Jeremy is in the Bahamas, and so we were really unable to talk to him as a result of that. We did have Russ Anderson scheduled on the show. Russ has been on the show many, many times. We wanted to talk to him about this, but we also wanted to talk to him about bowls. And Russ is not making himself available. And to the casual listener, Jeremy McLean is not in the Bahamas to dodge this issue. No, no, he's with the basketball team. <laughs> That's right. The basketball the, team opens working. in the Atlantis tournament tonight yeah. at 6 o'clock and, when they play Gonzaga. And, and Jeremy, and, and Jeremy, Bob, we'll we should, get Jeremy next week. He's very, very open to us, and we understand and, that. And we should, we should stay, say again, Russ Anderson here, he's the mailman. He he wasn't yeah, the one that facilitates the conference call. That's no. Judy. That's Judy McLeod. So right. we're not here to throw Russ Anderson under the bus. No, but Ru- at the same time, Conference USA should be held accountable for this because this is a slippery slope where if you don't like it and you don't like the rules, you can change them on the on the fly, and it's unacceptable. Point well made. Russ Anderson didn't make the rule change. Russ was just the guy that had to deliver. But as my grandpappy used to say, "There's a polecat in the hen house." <laughs> And on that, we'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. 
Welcome back. Glad you're with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg, and we're glad you're with us around the state. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Great place to do Christmas shopping. And Kelly Santer, Friday kicks it off. Black and Gold Friday at the big gold building right across from the main entrance to the campus right. in Southern Miss. And you can shop online at campusbookmark.net. Guarantee they got a lot of great new stuff in just in time for Christmas shopping. And if you've got a Golden Eagle on your list, uh, you know you know they're going to love a gift from Campus Bookmark. And Judy McLeod's new book is, is out, How to Make Friends and Influence People. <laughs> exactly. Exactly correct. Patrick McGee wow. from the Biloxi Sun-Herald doing a return appearance on the Eagle Hour this week. No extra pay, by the way, Patrick, but we do appreciate, uh, appreciate you coming on the show. All right, I don't want to beat a dead horse. We'll ask you about this, and then we're going to move on to the games this weekend and bowls and what have you, Patrick. But uh, we we got the statement last night from Jeremy McLean. Uh, Russ Anderson did not uh, show up for the show today. Is there anything new to add from what we discussed with you yesterday regarding this last minute change uh, regarding uh, football? Uh, I mean, no. I mean, it's it's one of those things. I know some people are kind of still kind of ticked. I heard people talking about lawsuits last night, but no. I mean, it's it's not going to get anything to that level, and uh, I think. You know, Conference USA has been flexible before uh, when changing uh, a rule that impacts uh, whether it's hosting the title game or maybe uh, the tiebreakers. Before, I think I want to understand there was back in 2013 something happened that impacted who hosted the conference title game that year uh, late in the season. So apparently Conference USA has made itself uh, um, flexible here late in the season, allowing uh, athletic director step in and, and change rules. You know, I, I think it's weird. I think it's, you know, it's it's just they shouldn't be doing this in the middle of the season. Yeah, I think what they came up with was a sensible solution, but you don't do it in, you know, before the season's over with. So, right. um, we'll, we'll, you know, I'm sure, you know, Southern Miss fans will be raw about this for a while, uh, but eventually people will just move on to the next distraction. Raw? We, we got about 300 torch-wielding villagers right outside the, <laughs> right outside right, the door well, of the studio Okay, here. well, enough said about that. Let's move on, Patrick. Uh, the Golden Eagles can put all this to bed if they go win tomorrow mm-hmm. afternoon or Saturday afternoon. No, they'd and, have to get and, help. And Louisiana yeah. Tech maybe gets right. upset. But, but what do the Golden Eagles have to do? We, we've talked about this game a lot leading up to this, but prior to any of this controversy, tough, tough match for the Golden Eagles. What do they have to do to go out there and beat Florida Atlantic? Well, I, I expect kind of a – I think the best-case scenario for Southern Miss is maybe a shootout, uh, something that you know both teams get into the high 30s. Uh, you know, around about, you know, and, and Jack Abraham kind of bounces back and has a nice game. Uh, Southern Miss is perfectly capable of doing that. That Western Kentucky defense is pretty tough last week, especially their front seven. Uh, this FAU team, they should be able to score on, even if you don't have a, a Jalen Adams or a, a Jordan Mitchell at your disposal. You have enough weapons to really score on these guys. So if you can go down there and the offense really kind of uh, turns the corner and makes a better showing, than it did a week ago, and this really comes down to the offensive line uh, protecting Abraham. They didn't do a great job of that last week. Even on Abraham's long touchdown toss to Tim Jones, he had somebody somebody pretty much in his face. Uh, so if the offensive line you know, was able to come out and play well, Southern Miss can go in there and win. All right, and to clarify, realistically, that Golden Eagles have to win the game and Louisiana Tech has to lose in all likelihood for Southern Miss to play in the championship, right? 
Yes, in all likelihood, but there is that that possibility that a win at FAU could, you know, give Southern Miss a bump in those computer ratings in the event that there's a three-way tie. And, I mean, there is that chance. I don't think it's a very good chance, but it could happen. So, uh, you know, you're going to have to wait. It may be one of those things that you have a three-way tie, you have to wait and see how those computer ratings shake out. I don't know if they update them every maybe Sunday or maybe Saturday night or Monday morning. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously the, the only really clear, clear path is for Southern Miss to win and, and Tech to lose. And I think Tech will win that game, but I don't, you know, I'm looking at a 19.5 point spread, and I think it'll be more competitive than that. I think UTSA has moved the ball pretty well the last uh, couple of weeks, and maybe they can hang with the Bulldogs. And, and you know, you just never know. I mean, I know Jay Mar Smith is coming back, but uh, Tech may be still, in, uh, still dealing with somewhat of a hangover after a couple of rough games. We'll see where their egos are at, if they're feeling good about themselves if they are back, or if they just kind of stub their toes. So I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not giving that game to Tech just yet. Well, you know you know what would happen if the Eagles were in a position to win the West. Here's, here's what the athletic department would sound like on Monday morning. Uh, Mr. McClain, the other athletic directors are on line one. <laughs> you know. Patrick, uh, is, is uh, Florida Atlantic a lock for the East? If the Southern Miss were to beat the Owls, would that knock them out of the championship game? Uh, if, um, I'm trying to think. If Marshall won and Florida yeah, Atlantic if, lost? If, well, Marshall's got the head-to-head. So if they've got, both got the same conference right? I know Marshall's a game behind them right now. If they end up with a tie at top of the division, Marshall would be your East champion. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if FAU lost to Marshall won, FAU would not win the East. I got you. Basket, Basketball-wise, now USM is playing Gonzaga tonight. Patrick out uh, in the Caribbean. The first That t- tournament is now underway at the Atlantis. First game, Michigan has defeated Iowa State. That game just went final, 83-76, to Michigan over Iowa State. Southern Miss against Gonzaga tonight at 6 o'clock. That's a 6 o'clock tip, our time, a game that you can watch on ESPNU. It'll kind of be, uh, kind of be fun to see how they hang with a, uh, with a Gonzaga team who has you know, risen its program to the point where it can compete with Southern Miss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean there was, uh, all you got to do is look at that final score of the uh, Gonzaga Texas A and M game, where Gonzaga won by thirty points. Uh, there are there, <laughs> there are no Delta States in this tournament. It's it's extremely extremely tough. I mean, this is just. I mean, I mean, who 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 wanted to torture themselves this bad to schedule this tournament? So you know, I mean. Uh, we'll see what happens, but you know it's hard to see Southern Miss leaving there with a with a victory. Well, here's the good news, Patrick. If the Go- the Golden Eagles play at six o'clock, if they're going to play one of two teams, depending on whether they win or lose, they're either going to play number ten Oregon or number thirteen Seton Hall. If they can beat number eight Gonzaga. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing that would be worse is if they were playing this in Anchorage, you know. <laughs> at least you get to be yeah, on the beach least, a little bit. At least you've got pretty scenery. Yeah. That's, that's the consolation. Right. Who set this up, Patrick? Do you have any idea? Well, it was, I think Conference USA has a, a oh. team that they send every year. And and it was Southern Miss's turn. And I bet oh. there, you know, maybe we should have gone a year ago where, yeah. you know, hang a little bit better, but. Uh, for Southern Miss, this is this was an, an ill-timed visit to the Bahamas tournament. The, the line of the week: there are no Delta states in this tournament. <laughs> 
<laughs> what we should have done was gotten the athletic directors on the phone and sent Louisiana Tech to the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hey, Patrick, while we got you on the phone, too, in the unlikely event that the Eagles would host the Conference USA Championship, it's the same weekend of, of the Mississippi High School Activity Association State Championship Games at The Rock. Any talk about how they would uh, juggle those schedules and, and what that would mean? Any implications there? Yeah, I mean, at this point, it looks like they're going to avoid that issue, but they would have to uh, reschedule those games. They would probably, uh, I, I don't think they would move them up. I think you would probably see them maybe played on Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, something like that the week after. But but again, I think they've avoided, uh, you know, I mean, there was a possibility last year, and Southern Miss was kind of hesitant to address it publicly because they didn't want to create an uproar among you know high school football fans, but uh, yeah, I mean, it would be an issue uh, that they'd have to address and figure out what days they're going to play those games on. So, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, uh, but, you know, it's one of those things. But, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So I, I, I don't think it'll be a, uh, an issue no. come next week. That's, that's the real connection here is that the MHS, MHSAA is behind this, okay? They're in league with Conference USA here we go. The in order to make sure their, their games the get in. conspiracies are at, rampant. At the rock. <laughs> yeah. Patrick, um, Patrick, it needs to be noted, uh, two Southern Miss freshmen have entered the portal, the transfer portal. Right. Can you tell us about that a little more? Yeah, it was Chandler Rogers and uh, Markel McLaurin. Uh, I've seen a bunch of players, uh, at, at, even at other schools, uh, uh, freshmen who didn't, or maybe redshirts this year, announced that they're going into the portal. I don't know if there's some type of deadline out there uh, that they want to get in, you know, to maybe get in the spring semester somewhere else. I'm not sure what goes into it, but yeah, Markel McLaurin and uh, Chandler Rogers. I'm really surprised me at Chandler Rogers. Uh, decide to move. They signed more quarterbacks than I expected them to last time around, so it makes sense for him to move on and find a new new school. You know, with Markel McLaurin, I'm not sure his reasoning behind that. I'm sure everybody has their own reason. Uh, so we'll see where those guys land. But I, you know, Chandler Rogers tr- transferring probably makes sense for him. So Patrick, can you stick around and talk a little NFL football with us in the next segment? Yeah, sure. All right, we're going to hold Patrick McGee through the break. Want to make a quick reminder, on the road a lot next week. We'll be in Columbia on Wednesday afternoon. On Thursday afternoon, we'll be back in Columbia along with JT and Rebecca Turner uh, as we celebrate the kickoff of what is, I understand, an incredible Christmas season and festival that they have in the city of Columbia. And then Friday... We're going to be somewhere Friday, too. There's so many places next week I can't remember. but we'll First Bank, I think. First Bank, yes. The yeah. grand opening of First Bank. Very, very important. Broadcast on Highway 98 West. We look forward to that. All right, more with Patrick McGee. NFL time on the Eagle Hour next. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on the Eagle Hour, Thanksgiving Eve edition. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Center. 
from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill, reminding you they will be open tomorrow beginning at 5 p.m. So uh, if you want to go watch the Houdats uh, tomorrow night, uh, slip by uh, 4th Street Bar and Grill. It'll be open until 2 a.m. tomorrow night. Appreciate Slade and the crew down there sponsoring the Eagle Hour. We continue with Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Patrick, three NFL games on the slate tomorrow. Bears and Lions kick it off at 11.30. Bills and Cowboys at 3.30. And then the nightcap, Houdats uh, in Atlanta to take on the Falcons at 7.20. Um, I guess I'm always, I hope Mergens isn't listening to this, but I guess I'm always for the Lions on Thanksgiving just because I partly I feel sorry for them and I've just grown up all my life, you know, it, the Lions are on at 11.30. Um, your your thoughts about the, the Bears and Lions and then talk uh, Saints-Falcons tomorrow night. Bears-Lions, that's too pitiful. Uh, I know the Bears won last week, but I think they played at some – I forget who it was, but they were kind of struggling. But, yeah, I mean, this is this is a game that's this, – this year typical just awful Lions football game. Maybe they just mistake, you know, accidentally become worth watching at some point, and it's close. Uh, then they, they force us to watch the Cowboys. Uh, uh, Every in, week. In mid-afternoon, and it's just – I'm tired of watching the Cowboys. And I, all I hear about is Cowboys fans here annoyed that they don't get to watch the Cowboys every Sunday. But we ha- have to catch them 16 out of 17 Sundays. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, right. I don't know why they force it down his throat. But Saints-Falcons, uh, I'll be watching that game in the lower garden district at my uh, girlfriend's place. And if the Saints lose that one, you may see a, a one-man riot on Magazine Street. <laughs> That'll be me just wandering up and down the street, knocking over garbage cans and and just absolutely losing my mind because I, I still don't understand how they lost the first one. Uh, but this one, I mean, I think the Falcons kind of came back down to earth last week when they turn around and you completely dominate the Saints and Panthers defensively and then you lose to the Buccaneers. That makes no sense whatsoever. Well, so, Patrick, I'm going to say this about your Saints. I think they're a very good football team, but i tell you what. Right now, yeah, they were lucky to beat Carolina. And do you agree mm-hmm. they've got to tighten it up a little bit before the playoffs start? Yeah, but even when the Saints are like super duper good, they make it they make it interesting. Uh, so I mean that that Carolina game that's just that's it is what it is. It's kind of you know in any uh, really in any division across the NFL, whenever you have entered you know division competition, those two teams just know each other so well. And uh, I thought Kyle Allen really played well for the Panthers. And the Saints really were pretty sloppy and, and not that great at times. And I still can't believe they won that football game. I mean, the Panthers had to lose, miss two extra points and uh, miss yeah. a, a 20-yard field goal there at the end yeah. to the Saints pull it out. So, you know, that, that's a good time for the Saints. I mean, they had the ball bounce their way whenever the Bridgewater, Bridgewater was uh, leading the team. And, and, uh, and, you know, it hasn't always been pretty with Drew in there, but, you know, uh, they had things kind of bounce their way against Carolina, and that's a game they probably should not have won. The Falcons always match up well against the Saints, though. They always it's do. They're rival. It, yeah, it, big rival. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what the records are. They just Those games are always close, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. I would hate it, but it wouldn't yeah. surprise me to see the Falcons win that game. Or play, yeah. or play New Orleans really tough. You were talking about the Lions-Bears uh, game earlier. You know how lots of times writers like Patrick will, will have a two- or three-paragraph description of what they think the game is going to be like right, and what's right. going to have to happen and this and that? Right. Uh, well, the, one writer 
in describing the Detroit Lions this week against the Bears had one line to describe the Lions. One line, about four or five words that said, they lost to the Redskins, hey, period. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. It was a battle of the Titans. Come on. Oh, yeah. Come I think on. they got – didn't Driscoll, the former La Tech quarterback? Yes. Back at the moment with Stafford Hurt. So Correct. He was the quarterback that, last Sunday. Yeah, and I, I didn't even know he was in the league until he was starting for the Lions. Like three he's not ago, Matthew so. Stafford. No, he's a warm body, you know. Right. But where was he? There. Where was he before the Lions, though? Where? He bounced around. I think he was on practice squad. He was on the Bengals. Oh, was he? Well, that's no. what happened to him. Uh, Patrick, uh, now there's two other games I want to ask you about before we get to our picks. We're going to invite you to do that with us. Here's the matchup of the week, guys. The 49ers and the Ravens. And the yeah, 49ers get them a week before the Saints, too. Right? Yeah. You like that matchup, Patrick? Yeah, I'm actually excited about that. I wanna, uh, There won't be a noon game to watch on Sunday like it usually do with the Saints, so I'm definitely going to probably tune in for that one i'm assuming i'll be able to watch it that's a right that's a heck of a ball game you got your uh really i would think the the most the team that's been the most dominant i think in nfl this year is the 49ers you saw mm-hmm. what they did mm-hmm. uh last week and the ravens are really uh i think they've kind of got a great mix there with lamar jackson i like lamar jackson as a passer coming out of college but he's you know he's always been a great athlete right now he's just kind of uh, going out there and do what he wants, and, and he's almost looks like the fastest guy on the field, like Michael Vick was, and he's much bigger yeah. than Michael Vick. Uh, so yeah, that game that game's going to be fun to watch. I would expect the Forty Nineers to win because as defensively they've been, but you're not going to have a guy just kind of dropping back and and chunking it downfield. Jackson's going to keep them on their toes. Yeah, Jackson's a tremendous athlete, and I heard somebody say the other day that they think the future of the NFL now is going to be the Lamar Jackson that. You know how it's been pass, pass, pass all these yeah. years? That you're going to have more guys like Lamar Jackson. How many guys are that talented? Well, but that takes you back to the Ole Miss quarterback, John Rice Plumley from Oak Grove, right. who fits that mold. You know, right. if, if indeed the league is going to go that direction. But you're not comparing him to Lamar Jackson. Style. Their style okay. of play all is right. the same. All right, Patrick, you going to do picks with us? Sure. All right, Luke, fire away. Conference USA beginning Saturday at 11 a.m. Florida International at Marshall. Patrick? Uh, I'm going to take Marshall, even though I like FIU to give him a run. I'm with the herd. So it's FIU at Marshall? Right. Since it's Conference USA, I'll take Western Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm going going with uh, Marshall. You can take Western Kentucky in this next game because at 1 a.m., Middle Tennessee is at Western Kentucky. Patrick? Uh, Western Kentucky all the way. Yeah, Middle Tennessee is terrible. Hilltoppers. Hilltoppers in their front seven. 1 p.m., Charlotte, who's bowl eligible and had a disco party to celebrate it at Old Dominion. Patrick? Uh, Charlotte will win easily. They're, they're looking pretty tough right now. Yeah, and Old Dominion's another terrible team. I'll take I'll – take, uh, who'd you guys say? Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, the 49ers. Charlotte. Uh, the hottest team in the league right now, Rice at UTEP, 2 p.m. kickoff. Patrick? Oh, that's, that's – Rice, right, definitely Rice. Right. I'm speaking on behalf of Katie Newman when I pick Rice. Yes, Katie Newman, our guest <laughs> last week. She loves those Rice owls. And and this, you have literally millions of people hanging on this game because I know it will be the most watched game it will. in the country. It will. Rice at UTEP. Right. Uh, UTEP. You can watch it on ESPN3 if you want to watch it, Kelly. Mm. Boy, oh boy, you talk about being able to see every game. Yeah, there you go. I'll take Rice as well. 
2.30 kick, UTSA at Louisiana Tech. All of the Golden Eagle Nation pulling for the Roadrunners. Patrick? Uh, I'm... I'm taking Tech, but I, I just I smell something here. I don't. I think Tech wins though. I think Tech wins, but closer than we might think. I don't think so. I think Tech blows them out. You only live once, UTSA. Good for you, Luke. The Eagles out. Good for you. But again, they'll <laughs> change the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably will. <laughs> you, it will be funny to see something crazy happen in the officiating ranks. Uh, Three o'clock, uh, Patrick. UAB at North Texas. Uh, I think UAB wins. North Texas is just kind of they just kind of just they just have not been as good as anybody expected. Uh, UAB, what a disappointment North Texas has been. We thought they were going to be great. Yeah, and we did the salaries earlier this year, and I think Coach Seth Luttrell at North Texas is the highest paid coach right. in the league, and and golly, pay off. they're just awful. So yeah, you got to take UAB on the road. I'm for UAB, but um, Mason Fine in his last game there could get dangerous, but I think UAB uh, will win it. They're a three-point favorite on the road. Of course, the game we're all concerned about, 2.30, Southern Miss at Florida Atlantic. Patrick? Uh, Florida Atlantic. I have to go to the professor. My heart says Southern Miss, but in the end, I think the lane train prevails. Boy, the professor didn't waste any time, did he? No, he knows his stuff. And our producer's yelling in his ear, we got still got four minutes, Patrick. <laughs> no, Florida Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, uh, I think uh, I think the sale went out of the, the Eagle uh, Express last week. The Owls will win at home. Yeah, just too many injuries on defense. I mean, that's, you lose your two starting linebackers and – and you know it's just it's just not a good feel going into a game where they're going to be able to move the ball. Southern Miss, I have to, I cannot pick against <laughs> the Golden Eagles. Uh, two dominant teams here: the Jets at the Bengals. Patrick, uh, Jets, Jets are Jets are hot stuff all of a sudden. Nah, this is the this is the week the Bengals pop out. I'm going with Cincinnati. Bob, you are swinging from power lines. <laughs> There, there is no way the Bengals beat anybody. Okay. The Jets win big. J-E-T-S. Go Bengals. Go oh. Bengals. Hey, Last game. Red, for the Bengals. Redskins Hail at Panthers real quick, Redskins. Panthers. Hail. Panthers. You boys are just dead Panthers. Wrong. Redskins <laughs> go seven and nine. Like I said. (laughs) Hey, Patrick, it's Thanksgiving weekend, and truly we are thankful for you and all that you contribute to our show. Uh, We thank you sincerely, man, and hope you have a great holiday weekend. All right. Y'all, too. Thanks for having me on, everybody. All right. Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. More on that Bengals-Jets matchup Uh, the nation is anxiously awaiting when we come back. Boy. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center, the largest inventory of new and used manufactured housing. Check them out on Highway 49 in Gulfport or online gulfporthomecenter.ms. Golden Eagles set to take on the Gonzaga Bulldogs tonight. Tip off at 6 p.m. down in Atlantis. You can watch that game. I believe it's on uh, ESPN Plus, guys. You. Um, ESPNU. But ESPNU. That's yeah. right. ESPNU. 
Um, but yeah, Southern Miss is set to take on first time that they have ever met on uh, the hardwood. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. Um, and you know, you you got to play perfect basketball to to be able to stay in there. I was reading an article from a Spokane newspaper, and they were talking about uh, Jack Donmi, who's who's been our big man, averaging seventeen points a game. And they said uh, they'll have three different guys that they can rotate in there to cover him up. So mm. anyway, uh, it is pretty pretty neat to be able to be on the same court as those guys. Just a reminder: Jack Abraham is the Connerly finalist from Southern Miss. You can go on C Spire's website and vote. Uh, every day until Sunday, June the 1st. Connerly will be awarded next Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. at the Country Club of Jackson. Well, Luke, speaking of the Connerly Award, yesterday on this very program, our own Bob Getty, I'm paraphrasing here, was commenting about the nomination of John Rice Plumley at Ole Miss, and he said something to the effect of if a if a freshman on a sub subpar football team wins the Connerly Trophy something's amiss something to that effect she quit doing the college okay so i'm i'm scrolling through fake book yesterday uh fake fake book which is a feat of itself yes and and somebody had i didn't know you could do that i didn't even know that was a possibility (laughs) in the entire universe but but somebody had posted on their fake book post and they didn't attribute it to bob it just said radio personnel and then they quoted what he said if a subpar this young kid who's playing for a subpar team can win the Connerly Trophy. And then he went on to say, blah, blah, blah. It has nothing to do with the team he plays on. But rather you know, I've thought a lot about that since you brought that to my attention. I want to thank the guy for a comment and listening to the show. And here's how I think about it now after reading that comment. If a freshman quarterback on a subpar team wins the Connolly Trophy, we should probably stop doing the Connolly Trophy. Now that I've had a chance to think about it. Wow, that's remarkably close yeah. to what he said yesterday. Wow. At least you're consistent. You Luke know? Johnson, you don't disagree with that, do you? I mean, I don't. If So I think you should give it to the best player. Right. But, I mean, speaking specifically about Plumley, I mean, he's been extraordinary, but he hadn't been able to throw the football. Right. You know? He 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 wasn't a good passer this year. At the same time, I think one of the things that you should ask is how does this player impact his team? And if you have a tremendous player who can't lift his team up, and you know they can't win football Correct. games, you can certainly argue that that guy you're talking about um, kept Ole Miss in several games and, and single handedly uh, won you know a few. Well, so, I mean, no- yeah, there's an argument to be made, but I, I would I would say if if it if it goes to anybody from the the big three, Jack's got too many interceptions this year. Kylan Hill, I mean, is certainly deserving of it. I just don't think you could give a true freshman that award. Right. When okay, let, let me let me edit your comment just a little. You can't give a true freshman quarterback the award when there's when there's equal or more deserving players in uh, the contest for sure. Well, there's no standout player, we should say, this year, like, like in the past that we've had. But having said all of that, just my humble opinion, if you're down to those three kids, the State Ole Miss and the USM guy, and obviously it's going to be one, you got to give it to the kid that's leading the SEC in rushing. I mean, you got to give it to him. You can't give it to, like you say, you can't give it to Jack. I'd love to see him get it, but he's done a lot of interceptions. can't give it to a freshman. You just can't do that. Well, full disclosure, I coached John Rice Plumley in baseball for two or three years when he was a kid, and he, and he has always been a special kid. And there's not anybody I feel more you know, highly about the John Rice Plumley. So um, any good thing that happens to him, you know, he, he deserves. 
this is a Southern Miss show, and I get it, but I love John Rice Plumley. Great, great kid. It has nothing to do and, and Bob's no, comment. No, you know, I, I not, agree. I'm not, not talking to you, but yeah. to that person on Facebook or wherever it was. Um, you you know, it's not a comment. It's not a shot at Plumley. I mean, let's right. be honest. Plumley's no. no. Plumley's six in the SEC in rushing right now. Yeah. You know, but Kylan Hill's got 300 more yards than he does. It's not a shot at Plumley, but right. it is a shot at if if you don't if you don't do enough to help your team and you aren't like the best, you know, statistically at your position, then you you shouldn't get it. I mean, can we can we just say something objective? It's not a cheap shot at Ole Miss. The, the very fact that Plumley is your Connerly nominee tells you what kind of year they've had up there. Well, that's right. Yeah. With your freshman, and forget his, forget the kid. Right, he's a freshman, and that's no, I, all I'm saying. Yeah, and, and all I was just saying is I can't be unbiased when it comes well, to. Well, I John get Rice it. And right. no, I'm not digging at that kid in any sense, and I'm proud not to enough. see him do Great. so yeah. well. And he's a good kid. Of course, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. My, we're going over to some people's house, and my son said, "What are we taking?" And I said, uh, "Xanax." I think it would be the best. Drop a couple off at Cottage Park on your way. Okay. Before I, uh, well, never mind. Have uh, have y'all seen that picture on Facebook of the cranberry pie? And it says, how to have a quiet Thanksgiving, and somebody's pouring a bottle of Zequil into it. Real quickly, it is Thanksgiving. We want to thank the people that sponsor this show. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to have the show. We're very, very grateful to them. Grateful to... uh, you guys for doing the show with me. I feel privileged to come out here with you every day. And I want to thank the ownership of the company for allowing the Eagle Hour to exist. But most importantly, I want to thank everybody that listens and comments on the show. And uh, speaking for all the guys here, we hope everybody has a really safe and happy Thanksgiving. And until we talk to you again, everyone, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. To the top. To the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.